Hello and welcome to Army of Crime, a podcast. I am your host, Dustin, and I'm here with my other host, Matt. That's true. I am uh, here. So on this episode of this audio recording endeavor, we Matt, we read a comic book. And this comic book is, to my understanding, actually a combination of two different comic books. It is a French comic book by Philippe Droulet and Michel Demuth, Demuth by Titan Comics. It is called Regal Erm the Mad slash Erm the Mad. And Philippe Droulet is kind of a French science fiction comic book impresario is sort of a very well known for a very, let's say, specific style of cartooning. It sure uh, is. And I... I'm a big fan of his, and I have read uh, quite a few, uh, basically all the Lone Sloan comics that Titan has put out in English translations, and I kind of love them. And this is not related to that series. This is its own thing. And Matt was not familiar with Philippe Joulet's work before. So I could attempt to give you a plot summation before we start discussing this. Matt, would you like to give... Before we get into it, would you like to give a quick summation of the plot of this comic book? Well, there is at least two characters, I'm reasonably sure. The titular characters? Okay, yeah, and uh, some things happen. There's some traveling involved. So on the back cover of this book, it says, Born from chaos, Prince Uregal is the last hope for Earth. Gods and demons stroll the land, attempting to enforce their authority on the last men once more. But Uregal is not omnipotent and falls prey to the queen of Sferin. From their union comes a son, Erm, a grotesque fool with the potential to redeem mankind or to doom the last men forever. What do you think? Does that sum it up? Yeah, so if I, ha if I hadn't read that, um, the, the very first part, Uregal is yeah. less narrative focused than some other comics that I <laughs> may or may not have read. So we just talked about Eleanor Davis and her use of splash pages and double splash pages. And Philippe Droulet is kind of the exact opposite use um, because as you said in that conversation, this kind of things are normally used to denote epicness. And boy, oh boy, is epicness denoted in this comic book. So not ever having read a Philippe Droulet comic book before, uh, Matt, what did you think of Uregal, Erm the Mad? Well, I, I would separate them out. Uh, Uregal, I mean, it's, it's, so visually it's cool, right? You have these giant epic splash pages of these wild fantasy, almost like Lovecraftian inspired uh, vistas of like ancient civilizations. And all kinds of uh, wild stuff happening. So, like, stuff. visually, it's very cool. And you could, like, take pages from it and make them wallpapers or, um, you know, heavy metal album covers or what have you. Yeah, every page kind of looks like it could be the cover of, like, a trashy science fiction paperback. Yeah. So, like, the art is very cool. Um, I would not say the it's not, as I said before, not super narrative based. And yeah, you could say that. I'm not super sure what's happening at certain, at many points. Well, the first half, uh, the story of Uregal or Uregal or 
however we want to pronounce that, is, seems to be sort of a creation myth. It's something uh, about an ancient civilization that was destroyed and like the people were scattered. Yes. And, and then it's, he's like uniting the tribes, I guess, to like take back uh, the the city, which is like the last city or something to that effect. It's 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 sort of like ancient, but possibly also like post-apocalyptic at the same time. Yeah, because it has the creation of the universe like it has the Big Bang and there's this double splash page where it says imagine the explosion and there are streams of people floating through the air and then there's like these giants with interlocking arms and floating spheres spheres with like tetrahedrons inside um, like you do and then it goes into the creation of this city the greatest uh, the greatest empire in, in known to world history called Semarun, which is then it's described as, you know, when we talk a lot about the art, I, the, the writing is also very distinctive because it's written as like myth um, and not really as like narrative prose. Yeah, it's, it's, it, almost... it's like if I were reading a story off of a never having done this or knowing what those are like off of a ancient Akkadian tablet or something. Yeah. So like after this great and then so there's a great empire that's created and then the gods bring the great empire low and kind of destroy it. And then Prince Uregal sets out to restore it or fix it or like restore it to some sort of former glory. I mean, ostensibly, I think that's what's supposed to be going on here. But like you said, there's very little story here. It's it's mainly, I mean, there are multiple like double splash pages with like no text in them that are just these like epic sort of fantasy sci-fi vistas that are just sort of like breathtaking to take in. Yeah, I mean, it's very cool looking. Absolutely no disagreement there. I, I did struggle with the Urigale story. Um, I guess I'm just a, a simple-minded plebeian. I could have could have uh, gone for a, a little more narrative, just a just a tish more. Uh, I mean, it's really cool. I wasn't entirely sure what was happening on on portions of it. Maybe I don't need to know. You know, it's just vibing. It's it's just giving me giving it's me wild. Vibing. He it's seems to like wild vibes. Meet a woman who's like sort of the human personification of a city, or like the goddess of the city. Yeah, and then. Of course, you know, we talked about the Dark Knight Strikes Again and how Frank Miller devotes multiple double splash pages to people doing it. Let, let's uh, then also give homage to Philippe Droulet, who also evokes, uses multiple double splash pages to show two people doing it. Yeah. In a very different way. I don't think, not knowing much else about his bibliography, he doesn't seem to be a guy who practices a lot of restraint. Yeah. It's just all happening. It's all out there. I liked the second story more, actually. Okay, so in the second story, you have Uregal and the son of Uregal and this goddess city woman. I think they also refer to her as an enchantress. Um, it's not clear exactly what or who she is. Um, but their son is Erm, Erm the Mad, who's this sort of like disfigured hunchback character 
who seems to be recruited by the ancient gods who brought the city low in the beginning to like restore it to some former glory. So he ends up kind of being multiple different like deities using him, trying to use him as a tool, sort of. Right, Matt? Or what, what's your what's your take on yeah, right on, on your boy Erm? Yeah, Erm is a hunchback who's like deformed and he's given like a quest by some figures. Uh, who inform him that he can be the, become the king or like the rightful king, because he is the the child of uh, the city of and and Uragel, the character from the other story, and he goes and he goes travels to the uh, to the city and talks to them and everyone's kind of mean to him because he's sort of this like fool character and I like that more. I felt a little more character connection there with with Erm. Did you like when Erm went to the Plato's retreat down of iniquity? It's interesting, right? Because he goes to the city, and it's a it's a decadent, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah place in some ways. There's also like an army of zombies, and then he travels to the underworld. A lot of a lot of stuff going on, a lot of moving parts, but very cool art. I mean, again, very cool art. I did like the second one more. It's a little more character based, just a tish more narrative. Yeah. So Dustin, the... I'm getting I'm getting the impression that you are a big fan of this. I enjoy uh, his comics, and I enjoyed this one as well. I do find the, you know, weirdly, what it almost made me think of was the uh, this quote by Grant Morrison, where he was talking about the writing of Final Crisis and how it's like techno music, where it's just like all beats. And that's kind of how I feel reading uh, his comics and reading this comic is it's not so much as like, you know, unrolling a story like a lot of comic books. And this is neither necessarily good or bad, but a lot of comic books could be written you know, could like double as like screenplays, sort of. Whereas this, he is like skipping, you know, it's like it's like always like skipping forward and and it's almost written as like an oral history of like someone relating an origin myth or a myth. But I do find myself as I flip through it and gaze upon the images, I do find myself getting emotionally invested in the sort of tale that he unfolds. And I don't know if part of it is just there's a lot of like sex and violence that are used, which, of course, are very like like very like Edgy. basic, like primal interests. And yeah, you know what it kind of reminded me of uh, a little bit. And you're going to not like this kind of reminded me of the first kingdom from way I, back in our first episode. You know, I thought of that because yeah. I feel like this is a much better example of what the first kingdom was trying to do. And because, I actually liked the First Kingdom better because it was a little, just a, more, a little more narrative. I think we could somehow split the difference between the two works. See, the First Kingdom had way too much narrative because it was like parts of it are just like reading the Bible, where it's just like this guy begat this guy who begat this guy, and so on and so forth. Here's three paragraphs of text. Whereas this is like myth, you know. At, in an actual like mythic sense where it doesn't necessarily it like follows its own kind of like logic of like empires falling and crumbling and like ancient dark gods Matt, what were some of your favorite images in this comic book my favorite images well it's a comic book and it's uh yeah i mean yeah. The, the primary appeal of this and the way that i part of why it connects with me emotionally. I mean, if this was like drawn 
you know, by, I don't know, James Kachoka, would it affect you in the same way? No. Like, part of what I think draws me in is these, like, images of, like, like, for example, when Erm is in the city and you have these huge double splash pages of, like, this incredibly detailed fountain that's, like, pouring out. It's a double splash page oriented vertically. And there's like detailed towers with art on them and these like dinosaur creatures flying overhead. And then at the very bottom, you have this tiny figure of Erm who's like dwarfed by the magnificence of these structures, like running away from these bad guys. You know, I liked the visual. um, I like the visual in the first story of Uruguay, like coming up to the city and he's like journeying under the city where he meets the Enchantress. I thought that was cool. I mean, it's cool. It reminded me, you know what it actually reminded me of? Um, it reminded me a little bit of the art of, um, in actually, in Neil Gaiman's Sandman um, at the very beginning. Oh, I see. You're talking about this part where it's like these stone towers that have like faces on them. Yeah, where it has the Sam Keith art. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Kind of remind me a little bit of that, of like the Sam Keith art of the um, vision of the underworld. Sure. I thought that was cool. I mean, the art is awesome. The art is great. I have no complaints about the art. I, I did feel myself wanting a little more from the from the characters slash characters slash story. I like the character of Erm. You know, I actually kind of wanted more. I could have I could have gone for more. The first story of Uragale, I was like, okay, I guess that's the end. And I turned the page. And then with Erm the Mad, I kind of could have gone for more. Like I like the idea that there's this character who's like this hunchback who lives in the desert by himself and is descended from this like mythical sorcerer king or whatever uh and there's like this you know i was i was into that i could have gone for more of that so he kind of got me a little by the end uh but i i don't know if i'm gonna join the list serve or or what have you okay i mean yeah i feel like that's probably a, a pretty common reaction to this these comics because they uh, don't have a lot of story and what story they do have sort of moves to its own kind of logic that is not necessarily like easy to follow. I actually, I had mentioned this artist once when we were talking about Star Wars comics, because there was like one image in one of those Tales of the Jedi comics that was like one one tenth of a Philippe Droulet image. Oh, like, yeah. One, like of uh, one like one of his castles. Yeah. Yeah. And you could do a lot with this story. I guess I, I just wanted I just I could have could have gone for 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 more just for more of the a little more a little more depth I suppose you might say of like what's happening because it is very cool and there's no complaints on that um and it's very suggestive right like you're looking at it and and you're like yes I I want to know more I want to know what the story is here I want to know what's going on you're bringing that in in with your you got to bring that in with your imagination kind of the because it doesn't Sloan. necessarily give you all the the details stories might interest you a little more because they do have like the central character who is traveling the spaceways and each book is kind of like him visiting like a different planet for like with like a clear kind of goal in mind so it has kind of like the the same imagery sort of imagery but so like in the first part there's some really wonderful like the prose i mentioned has kind of written to its own sort of style and here is a section which if i may read which i found to be very evocative 
like it's hard and I, I could attempt to describe the art but it's like it's kind of what it looks like is like the building of the pyramids with like giant stone blocks but instead these stone blocks are black and they're like floating through the sky but there's similarly like endless streams of like workers involved in some fashion um but it says this is about the formation of the central empire city that the action of these stories kind of takes place but it says the gods exhaled images and men erected idols a single slab hewn from the quarries the chasms volcanoes and the skies could have crushed any of the cities whose names are now forgotten night coming from the east seemed to battle the shadows of the temples and at dusk every day the sun evaded the trap set by the stone mouths that tossed and floated on the tides of the crowd and there's it shows like a giant stone head floating in the sky that's like screaming it's fun stuff yeah it's like that myth logic or dream logic yeah i think i think we might describe it towards semarone ran rivers of monoliths in the midst of it mist of its birth the heads of titans with abysses for eyes open straits of mirage between continents of storm or the the ad uh the the adjective expressionistic might apply i mean it's cool it sounds cool there are captions that sound very cool uh there there's parts of the writing where i read it and i was like mm, is there something being lost in translation here yes it is translated from french so it is you know with the translation of of prose you're never really getting it 100%, you're never going to get it 100% accurate. Uh, one thing I do love about his images is the way he always has these like streams of people. Like in some of these images, it's almost like humanity is like a, a river, like flowing. And it's always like you always see these like tiny people dwarfed by the horrible majesty of, of these structures created by the dark gods. Yeah, like those epic uh, scenes that make you think of the building of the of the Tower of Babel or something like that. Yeah. Of like Moses leading the people and Right, it is it is evocative of like like the Old Testament or something on some level, I think. Yeah, it, it reminded me of another comic we talked about, which is what was that one that was like set in like biblical times? The Goddamned. Oh yeah, that one. It kind of reminded me of that just in terms of the setting where this is it's like it either takes place like far in the past or like eons in the distant future. Like it could be either. It's like it's either like prehistorical or like post-apocalyptic. Here's a great. Do you have a copy in front of you? Um, hold on. I could I could grab it. Now that I say that, there aren't even like page numbers on it. Well, just describe what you're looking at. So there's an image from the first half of the story where uh, when your is vent venturing into the city and there's like what look like giant ships that are like more to a harbor that have these like faces on the front of them and like the the work on them is so like extremely like detailed they're like giant boats that look like buildings that look like statues with these like ropes coming out of them i mean me describing it obviously doesn't do it justice or there's like whirlpools of humanity and, like giant statues anyway so I enjoyed this comic book. I mean, I like his stuff and I do find it kind of connects with me on some kind of like primal emotional level because of the majesty and the scope of it, even though, yes, there are parts where I'm not entirely clear as to what's happening or who doing, doing what to whom. 
Matt, do you have any other thoughts on Uregel slash Earn the Mad that you'd like to uh, throw out there? Yeah, even though my my overall impression was kind of mixed. I mean, I think if you're into comic art um, or if you're into like that high fantasy stuff, it, it's it's it was interesting. You know, it makes you think. And I, I kind of I think I kind of get what he's going for. And I, I kind of appreciate that. And it, it, and it's a thing that I do like in kind of other things. The idea of like this epic, epic like myth, like the meta myth. You know, that's like uh, bringing into mind like that, like I mentioned, like dream logic or myth logic. You know, I, I dig all that stuff. I do dig all that stuff. Um, and obviously the art is amazing. He does name drop like several like real gods for, you know, real gods from like mythology in it, which kind of gives the impression as a sort of like Ur mythology. Yeah, it kind of reminded me, too, of um, the Earth of the New Sun um, trilogy which are also books that are kind of fantasy that also kind of take place in the future. I mean, they do take place in the future, but it's also like fantasy. Um, and it and it's like that kind of, like a, like a myth, like a myth that blends a sci-fi. I think he actually quotes H.P. Lovecraft in here. The strange, strange aeons, even death may die. Oh, from yeah. Lovecraft. Yeah. So it's like that, that um, almost like that H.P. Lovecraft thing where it's like sci-fi fantasy blended together. You know, like epic weird fiction, I guess we could call it. So it, it is interesting. I mean, I'm not... I, I, I'm not like I don't wish that I hadn't read it, but it, but it's a it's a qualified it's a qualified thumbs up for me I guess. It uh it it wounds me that you would say the first kingdom was better. Well, it just it, I mean, the first kingdom has its problems too. I'll I don't know say. if I almost would say that they're better, but they're I think they're kind of going for something similar, um, and they both have their own pros and cons. Fair enough. Fair enough. So would you recommend the Lone Sloan to the people? Uh, yeah, as I mean, well? as far as recommendations, like this is definitely on the the trippier side. I mean, his stuff is all obviously like that I've read is all obviously extremely trippy and out there. It's like the comic book version of like the art like that's painted on the side of like hippie vans is basically what it is. Or, or yeah, like, heavy metal, heavy metal album covers. Heavy metal album covers, or like day glow art in like head shops kind of thing. And the Lone Sloan is like a series of comics about this like space. He's like a, he has a spaceship and he flies through space and has adventures. So that has more of like a, you know, slightly more of like a narrative through line. It's certainly not a conventional. You know, it's more like this than like a issue of the X Men or whatever. Um, so, you but talk I about like, the X Men a lot. What? I said you talk about the X Men a lot. I like to talk smack about. I feel like the X Men are like the perfect example of cookie cutter assembly line comic books because there's like zillions of issues of it. I don't know why I talk smack about the X Men. It could just be like Batman or anybody. Yeah, I kind of like the X Men. I guess. I mean, there's a lot of whatever. I mean, we don't go into it, but. I mean, yeah, you're, and you're talking about Batman, like, you could make the same. Sure, like Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, whatever. Yeah. That kind of thing. So the Lone Sloan ones are fun as well, and they have maybe more of a narrative through line, but I enjoyed this one a lot, too. So I would recommend it if you're into these kind of, like, trippy stories. If you want something that maybe has a slightly more of a narrative to it, the Lone Sloan series might be worth uh, checking into. But I think it's great. That's my two cents.
But uh, anywho, that was an episode of the Army of Crime podcast. Make sure to smash that subscribe button and give us as many stars as possible. Five, if that's the most, or a hundred, whatever it may be. We are on the internet at armyofcrime.com. We're on Twitter at Army of Crime and at Dustin44444. In the meantime, let me just leave you with this. Imagine the ocean sphere, the cosmic viscera, the matter-hungry spiral of the serpent of slick black blood, an icy flash, an inky bile, limpid whorl, rippling lymph. Imagine the riven eye of light with hydrogen eyelashes, suns oozing over its iris infusion. Imagine the explosion. Just hundreds of stars.